0: Welcome back to a special episode of the ABC Music Talk podcast. In this episode, I speak to my new colleague as he describes how he took a piece of software that he built for himself to being valuable enough to one of the leading brands in the global music market to acquire. Normally at this point, I'd run a quick advert for Rota videos, but for this episode, I'd like to alert my listeners to an opportunity to try out Beatport's streaming service. If you've ever fancied trying your hand at DJing, but haven't invested in a catalogue of music or the kit to play a set with, then Beatport has the answer. Head to Beatport.com and click the DJ app link to start your free trial of their new online DJ mixer. All you need is a computer, internet connection, and a love of dance music. Link in the show notes. Welcome to the show, Keith McDonnell, co-founder of AmSuite.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Thanks for coming down to the Beatport London HQ to do this in person. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's nice to get down to London every now and again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So uh, we're going to talk about your co-founder, Neil Walden, uh, in a little bit. Um, but first, can you give us the elevator pitch to what AmpSuite is, or at least is at the point with which you sold it to Beeport? Sure,
1: yeah, yeah. So AmpSuite is a fully integrated suite of tools for record labels to run their business, essentially. Everything from signing the initial contract with the artists, all the way through to distribution, um, promotion, and royalty accounting, with many of the bits along the way. <laughs> to, yeah,
0: bit, bits and pieces and we'll, we'll perhaps get into some of that a little bit later on. Sure. Um, okay, so uh, your co-founder. So so there's a, there's a story here, isn't there? Because when we when we first uh, you know, got sort of sat down and did our our kind of uh, day one like what are we going to do together as as Amsweet and BePour. There was a, there was a story at the end where you described how you'd met Neil and then he was like actually there's an, there's, another, there's an alternate version There's to another angle So, so what, was, what was your version of it?
1: So I guess the two versions are kind of aligned There was just a little bit that, that <laughs> I didn't know about um, So I, I managed a group of record labels For friends and associates at the time And I used to do everything manually Uploading to all of the stores um, Sending out promos, royalty accounting etc So I just thought there's got to be a better way to do this um, and I specced out essentially what was the early version of Suite and advertised it for a developer to write because I don't write code, um, <laughs> I do music. And I put it up on a find-a-freelancer-style website, had a number of quotes in, uh, or inquiries in, and one of them was from Neil, who had just finished his course in, uh, in computer coding, uh, or whatever I'm they sure it. it had a different name, but I'm we'll sure go it, with yeah. computer coding. Computer science, <laughs> I think it was. Right. Um, and he just finished his course at Warwick University, which is just up the road from me. He lived in Nottingham, which is just up the road from me, um, and his price seemed reasonable. So we started this journey from from day one. Um, and what was his alternate version? What, of that what I didn't know was that when he was pitching for the uh, pitching for the job at that time um, that he'd just been made redundant (laughs) so he was actually desperate to make sure that he secured this job which which
0: I just, like, the fact that that story came out, like, post-acquisition was just such a lovely moment for me
1: it was meant to be, it was aligned in the stars
0: yeah, so, uh, but definitely a shout out to Neil I mean, he's the technical brains behind behind he's a technical wizard, yeah, yeah. absolutely Uh, actually, so, I mean, so he's in Nottingham you're in Coventry, I mean, how often would you actually meet up in, in person?
1: Not very often at all. Um, yeah, uh, I mean it's not that far. It's a, you know it's probably about an hour or so away. Um, but with modern technology, everything can just be done remotely. Um, and we worked so well for many years in that way. We met up a couple of times at the start. We met up once or twice in between. But really, for the for the majority of years that the business ran, we didn't. We we did everything remotely: email, phone, tele, uh, Skype calls, etc
0: yeah which which sort of sounds crazy back then but of course now if people are like of course you did everything over zoom or whatever right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean back back at the start i'll be honest with you quite a few people did you say to me what you don't you don't go and work with this guy you don't you don't meet up regularly and we no, uh, especially as well because th- things were really fluid and, and it just happened and we just got on with the job really, so yeah. we didn't really have too much time for meeting up. Yeah, no, it's so it's it's just
0: so, so interesting. Um, okay, all right. So, but where did this all begin for you? So you you just described that you sort of had this need and you kind of specked out this this piece of technology, but it doesn't begin with technology with you, right? No. So where did your love of dance music come from?
1: Um, so back in the. Uh... I, I hate to say this now, but the 80s, the 90s. <laughs> um, I, I've always been into music since I was a young kid at school. I I was in a marching band and I played the trumpet and uh, I got up on stage when I was five or six and played the plastic guitar and plastic drums with my uncle who was in a band. So I've always been musically um, inclined. Um, but I did an engineering apprenticeship when I left school, which I hated, but I did yeah. it to to get something behind me, as the parents used oh, that, to say that, back then. That's
0: right, when we met up, it was uh, it was on the site of the old the car site. factory where yeah. you did your apprenticeship. That's right, the yeah. site
1: where we met and where I met Neil for the first time when we were starting AmpSuite. Hallowed ground um, indeed. Yeah, so it was uh, that's why I did my engineering apprenticeship yeah
0: yeah very good and so and and I know that you have been at uh, one point in your in your time a globetrotting DJ uh, <laughs> was that kind of your first sort of manifestation of taking dance music into something a bit more kind of like a lean-in hobby
1: yeah that's it yeah I started a uh, um, a label with um, some DJs at the time um
0: But did the DJ come before the idea of starting a label or was it?
1: Yeah. Of... Oh yeah. Long time before. Yeah. yeah I, I, I used to DJ, uh, just locally at bars, um, few clubs. Uh, I used to go to a lot of clubs, um, fell in love with it and just thought that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, used to go to these underground parties and the, the DJs were like gods type of thing. And yeah. I was just amazed with it. It was a total change. Um, from going to the clubs that we used to go to before we went to those clubs. So yeah, I I was just awestruck by it and that's what I wanted to do. So any, any opportunity I could get to DJ, house parties, bars, Bar mixers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, available for hire. I was available yeah. <laughs> for hire for free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, so you, so you were doing sort of like more of the local stuff, and then and was that when you thought, okay, time to professionalise, and you started the label, or did you get some bigger gigs first?
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I, I was just doing it for, for a love of it. You know, we, we used to do it down uh, the local wine bar on a Sunday night, and people used to come in after they'd been out to... Cl- proper clubs uh, on Friday and Saturday and they were still uh, hankering after uh, some dance music so on a Sunday night we started in a local wine bar um, and that became our sort of residency let's say Um, and yeah I got to know sort of more people in the scene around Coventry then Um, got to know these DJs Parks and Wilson at the time Parks and Wilson legends who were residents at a club in London called Home um and yeah that led to starting the label and then that that's when it then became okay i'm going to give up my job i was in quite a well-paid um job for a, a large electrical engineering company at the time and i just said to my wife look this is what i want to do i'm going to start from earning nothing but i can't really do it and that yeah you know so i just yeah gave in my notice and moved into music okay
0: and so what was what was the first thing you did then you, is that when you set up the label set up the label yeah yeah, yeah okay. that and, the, and what was the name of the label uh baroque yes yeah. indeed you used to buy your records they're yeah. excellent <laughs> always excellent yeah. um okay so you set up the 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 label so you said something earlier where you got some other people together or
1: yeah so i used to manage a, a group of of labels for other people as well so the the baroque started first mm-hmm. Um, and then we started managing some other labels. Um, there was another label management company uh, called Three Beat in yeah, Liverpool. That's right. Um, and they used to manage manage some labels. I started a company called Quick Rhythm, which used to manage. Uh, labels as well, and we we had this sort of thing where we, we yeah we and distributed them, promoted them, etc. And
0: I guess this was sort of back in the the physical days.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I used to do this out of my mum's garage, um, which my dad kindly converted into half office, half final storage. Yeah, as um, I was
0: say, because that those uh, those unsold records suddenly like brown up <laughs> Oh,
1: don't don't. I mean, when when it all ended, and we realised that you know we had tens of thousands of vinyl that we, at that point we thought we were never going to shift. I mean, hey, maybe now we would be shifting them. Yeah, with the yeah of course, of yeah, had like a nice high prices. Yeah, <laughs> but we ended up having to, uh, it still kills me to, to think of this, but we hired a skip um, right. and we put tens of thousands of vinyl into this skip and waved it goodbye down the road. Yeah
0: yeah well it, it's so interesting hearing your story because of course I, I have a very similar everything from like the margin band trumpet playing by the way <laughs> <bit family>. like <laughs> in my head <laughs> a bit like yeah and then of great. course Lee, Lee Morrison and I had the, the Alex Lee label yeah. uh, old company managing other labels yeah. and uh, yeah. but and what you just said there I have a vivid memory of Lee and I just dumping records into these great big ah. bins when we moved office ones yeah yeah it was a uh, weird old time weird old yeah. time yeah um, okay but and so so we've been talking about this, this sort of period of time where you're you're Managing these labels, your uh, it's mostly physical focused. Um, when did digital first come into your world? Do you remember like some of the companies and things that that sort of really pushed you down that route?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Beatport was probably the, the first. Um, uh, yeah, one of the, the first, if not the first, conversations that we had. Um, I think it was a young lady called Liz at the time. Yeah, Liz Miller. Um, She's on
0: her Facebook now.
1: Yeah, uh, she 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 got in touch with us and said hey I oh, know you've got a group of labels there um, and I think at the time my supplier account for Beatport was like number 72 or something wow. like that so um, yeah we were one of the first ones uh, in there and at the time I'll be honest with you because Viner was still such a massive part if not the, you know, near enough all of our revenue I kind of thought wow I don't know, it's probably not going to do anything but we'll, we'll strike up a relationship um, early with them and hey look what's happened
0: yeah well indeed indeed and so okay so so that came along there were obviously others and and you now get to work with uh linda phoenix who was at express beats which was another one that was around that time um and so i guess uh, certainly my experience and presumably similar to yours was more and more of these started to, to come about and so and was it just that sheer sort of i don't really know what to do with all of this so I'm going to build a system or what, what happened? What were the, the processes? Yeah. So, so,
1: so, more of them started to come around. Um, the, 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 sort of work on that side of things started to become more because you had to upload into each individual system separately. Um, the, the royalty reports that were coming back were getting bigger and bigger. I mean, yeah, nothing right. like they are now.
0: Well, cause, cause this was just downloads this really. Was just time. downloads. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but still it took, it took, uh, it took some logistics to, to work out so and we were doing promos as well yeah. then so we we're using various promo companies some that labels came to us had adopted and we would just took over the, the sort of management of um, we were then picking a promo company and sort of putting new labels through them so the the, the legwork so to speak of uploading this data into multiple systems download uh, promo newsletter systems uh, and then royalty accounting sitting there with spreadsheets every month—it just became too much. Yeah, yeah.
0: But but you didn't? Did you build the system first? Because I know that you and I obviously crossed paths when when I was at Ingrews with with Rob, who's obviously now CEO of Beatport. Um, did 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 you start to build out a direct relationship with Beatport uh, outside of the Ingrews platform? Or did you think oh I'd go with a, a distribution company first of all?
1: Yeah, no, no. So I had the direct relationship with Beatport, as I say, in the very early days with with my own label and the label group um, that I was managing at the time. So that relationship came first, um, as it did with a few of the other dance indies. But then we were doing um, distribution to all of the other stores because we could get a deal with Apple or Spotify when that came along. sure Um, So yeah, we started off with various other distributors, The Orchard, Ingrooves, um, so yeah, we were uploading to their system as well as the dance indie s- systems.
0: Yeah, sure. And then I guess uh, eventually that you know the, the the control that you needed to look after your clients kind of kicked in, and you were like, right, okay, we need to do a little bit more. We need to do all this stuff direct, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, as a business, from a business point of view, that's what we looked at. And then from a logistics point of view of managing it all, that's when I started to think, hey, there's got to be a better easier way to do this and we can automate a lot of this
0: yeah and one of the one of the things i think sometimes people don't necessarily know about amsweet is that it is much more than just distribution i mean that's more or less what you and i have just talked about because it was the kind of the first time that people needed to think digitally yeah. um so to speak um and uh and and so when did the other tools that you've got in the platform come about like was there was there a sort of a lot of them that came along quite early or did they just creep in over over the period because how long has the company been going is it
1: um, so amp suite as a company was um, started in the, the beginning of 2012 right so we're in our tenth year yeah um, the software that amp suite is yeah. um, and was based on was a few years before that because it started from this management company the way I was running other people's labels Sure. Um, so the early stages of AmpSuite originated earlier but AmpSuite as a company was 2012
0: and so things like the DJ tool the DJ promo tool was yeah. that um, was that quite an early feature or did that come very
1: out? early the, the first oh, right. yeah yeah because at the time um, the, the two main thing or three main things that we wanted to solve was um aggregating all of this product between various points that we were having to do manually and save some money on the DJ promo tool because we were using half a dozen dozen different uh, DJ promo tools um, and they were charging us per promo. Oh, wow. Um, And so you can imagine we were paying a lot of money out to these promo pool companies and I just thought, uh, you know, the money that we've spent in the last six months, I'm sure I could have paid someone to write me my own system. Yeah. And that's... And that, that,
0: right, okay, very good. Okay, so that, that was that was obviously quite an important piece of it. And, yeah. and things like, like mailing list management and that type of thing, did that come later or, again, was that quite an early... Um,
1: that was reasonably early because I was, again, using uh, MailChimp and things like that to send out newsletters of all of these records that we yeah. were releasing to fan bases that the labels had built and that we were building. Um, so, again, yeah, it was the cost of doing that, but also the manual process of pulling all of that data... Um, and re-entering it all into this newsletter system and promo systems, etc. Yeah, it just
0: t- took a while, huh? Uh, I guess we'll we'll perhaps uh, cover some of the other um, like features of, of the system later on. But um, I'm really curious. I mean, you you've run a really lean business, right? Um, no candy wall, no sort of ball pool pit, like indoor slide. Like I mean, how like. What do, you, what do you make of kind of that new breed of so-called startup that has all this kind of big VC money and like you've you just bootstrapped your, your way through the whole thing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we had, it was one of the discussions we had early on, you know, do we go out there and do this ourselves? Um, do we go and try and get funding, et cetera? Um, And Our philosophy was always that we want to do this ourselves. We don't want to get into debt. We don't want to have that sort of pressure um, other than the pressure we put on ourselves uh, and we don't want to play with someone else's money we want to do this ourselves and, and, and know that we've built this ourselves um, yeah uh, and like I say be fully in control of our, so our that investment was, so it was a very conscious decision it was a conscious decision okay. yeah, very 100% good. Yeah, um, and that was all the way through right until the the point of acquisition
0: which of course makes things easier right
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we sort of, in our heads, we had the option then of we could even have gone out and got funding then to yeah. take us to the next level. Um, but we felt by that time we'd done our, we'd served our time doing it on our own, you know.
0: Well, I mean, talk, talking about serving your time, I mean, this is, as we just discussed, you know, a, a being a, a lean business that you've run. Um, I think some of the other members of the family have got involved over time. <laughs> yeah. Your wife yeah. and son, yeah. uh, which is uh, which is amazing, is excellent. I sort of love that sort of cottage industry element to it. But I mean, certainly things like holidays that must have been like a really difficult thing to break away from. If you've got this kind of ongoing release cycle, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, Oh for sure, for sure. I mean, for the last ten years, um, it wasn't that we didn't have a holiday, um, but when we had a holiday, I would take my laptop away and. I'd get up early and work down by the pool, saving the, the pool chairs while everyone was still in bed. And yeah. then they'd come down and my wife would say, right, get off that laptop. <laughs> and I'd go, yeah, no problem. I'd get off it for an hour. And then when she'd got in the pool, I'd pull the laptop out again and make sure. <laughs> so that's that's what we did. It was working holidays. Um, yeah. That's, that's how yeah. It it's
0: it's just, it's the side of, it's a side of the, sort of the glamour of being an entrepreneur that I think never gets surfaced (laughs) certainly not in the movies so much Um, but uh, I mean and all credit to you really for sort of sticking it out for you know these last 10 years or so I mean that's, uh, that's a hell of a thing um and so, what was? See, so, so, so given the the history that you've just given us, sort of DJ, record label owner, you know, building up this sort of network of other labels that you managed to then sort of really scaling the business using technology, uh, which is a you know wonderful kind of like uh, you know map on the way through. But my guess is that you've not gone through the the sale process of a business before.
1: No, not really. No, no, um, and that was. That was new. It was a little bit of a, a shock to the system. We were thinking, hey, somebody's interested in the business. Next next week, we'll uh, we'll, we'll have sold a business and um, we'll have we'll have moved we'll be moved put, on put, and work. Put, put your feet up, working yeah. for them. Wow, <laughs> I wish, yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's part of the business world which we didn't know about. So I knew about music and I knew about building what I wanted to build. Neil is the the genius that he is behind the keyboard. Um, uh, and building the actual software itself, um, the business side of it is probably something where we were lacking a little bit, and that's where you know hopefully the acquisition by Beatport will take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, so what did you like? What was your process to approaching the the sale? I mean, was it just a kind of you don't really know what you're doing you just sent out a few kind of emails to inquire or like did you have a plan or like what was just talk us through that
1: yeah so um myself and neil had had a chat and we'd said you know certainly over the last couple of years you know the first few years we were beating the drum trying to tell everyone about how much time we could save them how easier we could make it for running their record labels um you know they wouldn't have to get cold sweats in the nights the two months before they had to send their royalty statements out uh so those, that, those first few years were spent doing that. Then we had a, a period of, of sort of reasonable growth, but over the last few years, the, the period of growth uh, through word of mouth about AmpSuite and in general labels just realizing, hey, we need to get professional to remain, um, to remain in the industry, meant that the business had just grown to a, to a stage where we felt to take it to the next level and compete with the, the, the big boys, so to speak, we would either need to go out and get that investment and, and grow the team rapidly because we were at our, you know, maximum output, or look to, to sell. Um, and I just so it just so happened I'd spoken to, to Rob, um yeah. at Beatport uh, about something else recently, right? Okay. And I just reached out to him for some advice. I knew I knew his involvement with InGrooves. I knew um, what he'd done there. Uh, I felt like we had a good rapport when we spoke, and so I just uh, reached out with him some just general advice, really.
0: Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, well, yeah. and, and it's obviously- it's a, And it led you, to this. Yeah. yeah, it led to this. Exactly. And so so I did have a question as to like why Beeport, like why is that the home, but I mean, you, I guess you've just kind of answered that. It was just a more of a natural process, and like, you're obviously so familiar with the company yeah. that it just felt like actually, yeah, no, trusted brand. Like, this is a good 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 place to kind of see the legacy carry on.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we didn't know that port would be interested in the acquisition at that time. It was more the fact that Rob had, had been the owner of uh, Ingrooves, started Ingrooves, uh, exited the business. Very similar, obviously yeah. much bigger scale than Ampsuite. Um, so it was just more advice than anything, even on down to sort of what it might be worth. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but there must have been something there that, that sort of clicked his side as well, and it was just well, the, the stars mean, aligned again.
0: It's one of the things that uh, I think people probably don't realise about the company where they've gone and bought uh, Plug In Boutique and Loop Masters, and uh, you know, and there's that sort of that wider scope of what the the business is doing. And so he was obviously seeing that as something to, to fill out. Yeah. Um, very good. Um, would you have done anything different? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs>
1: I'll be honest with you. Probably what I would have done is um, released a bit of control a little bit earlier. Probably gone out and because you know the company was doing well, yeah. um, we could have gone and, and taken some external help in uh, a little bit quicker. Uh, we had the resources to do so. Um, but yeah, I, I am a little bit of a, con- a control freak, and I, <laughs> I like to make sure everything's done properly and everything's done that day. and they, and yeah, I probably I probably could have let a bit of that go a little bit sooner, and maybe had a holiday with that laptop.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So, you, so, you, so you, what you probably would have done is brought into some what some outside finance and some maybe a strategic partner or
1: no, even just down to the fact of um, just employing some some an extra person or two yeah. to take some of the workload off. Um, but because for the first few years we were built um, beating that drum. Uh, and maybe the revenue wasn't there we learned to live a little bit more frugally so then when the business was doing well in the back of my mind and i can't speak for neil here but i was always of a mind of right let's build up just
0: maximize what we build
1: up the reserves and because you never know is this business still going to be doing good today as it is tomorrow etc and in reality the business was doing really great and we had the resources to get a person or two extra in to yeah. help with the workload. But as I say, I can be a bit of a control freak sometimes. <laughs> that's
0: all good. Um, okay, so you're, you're still with, with the business at the moment. Uh, you're helping us uh, you know, work out everything that's gone on with the company um, and, and you've seen a little bit inside the, the machine that is Port. What, what sort of hopes do you have for, for AmpsWeek now? It's uh, part of a bigger entity.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I've seen in the workings of a, a bigger company, it's um, it, it's both very different and very similar. It, it, in, similar in the ways that the people work here are passionate, like, like I'm passionate about the business. Um, yeah. Different in the ways that it's a bigger corporation and, and everyone doesn't have to take on every task, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I hope to see it grow to the, the size of, the, of Beatport now. I mean, if, it, if we can k- keep on growing, Keep on working with bigger, um, uh, bigger resources, great labels. Then, um, yeah, that, that's my hope.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, okay, and so what's next for you? Like, what are you gonna go on and do?
1: <laughs> well, at the minute, I'm, I'm still, I'm still here yeah. doing my thing. I mean, mean me and Neil said early on. Doesn't really feel very different, does it? <laughs> oh, come on now. We've, we've, we've got you some help. Yeah, no, no. In terms of the help, you've been uh, amazing, and as I say, that is something that we should have done earlier, probably. Yeah. Um. But in terms of, we're still here. We're still working for Amps. We we still love it. You know. We still feel like this is our our baby to to a degree. It isn't yeah. anymore. It's owned by Amps. by by Beatport. But we're still loving doing what well, I'm still loving doing what I'm doing. I, I, I still wake up in the morning and don't dread going to work, and as that's you know, that's a good thing. That's a win in
0: itself for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so now it now it's actually at uh, a company that's got some some more resources. You know, again the sort of thing that you identified you probably should have done, but of course it's easier when it's already there. Um, is there any particular I don't know feature of the, the platform or a service that you'd like to to see happen? Like, quite early on, like, where you're still involved?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we, we did want to add for a while, um, was the demo submission thing, which right. you guys have, have, have sewn up now.
0: With the, yeah.
1: Perfectly, but I'll be honest with you, that was one of the things, it was quite near the top of our development list, wish list, um, because it would have completed the, the the sort of jigsaw, so to speak. Yeah. So it's great to see that, that obviously you guys think alike as well.
0: Yeah, no, very, very, very good to hear that. Uh, that means we've made another good acquisition. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the the, the, the the metric side of it, the analytic side of it is something that we're always looking to improve. Um because you can put a record out there and you can get your royalty statements back and pay the artist. But if you can start to look into that data and see um, uh, how it's doing, how you can make it better. So we've got analytics in the system at the minute, but we were um, constantly looking to to improve that side of it as well.
0: Yeah, because you've got got other marketing tools within the platform, um, like the, the sort of the smart links. Again, it's one of those things that you could there's many third-party companies that do these, but again, all of this is built into the platform, and all of those represent an opportunity to to get in front of the, the fan effectively. Yeah, um, and uh, so um, I guess I guess it's interesting to sort of think about how if you can get past that analytics idea of where it's really just data reporting, but get that into more of a sort of an insights based platform, which you can then use the tools that are actually in the platform to then go and do more and connect with more fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that fan connection side, I guess, is another point uh, or, or another part of the system that, that, um, that could be expanded on. Yeah, for, yeah. for sure.
0: Very good. Well, I hope that we uh, we get to do some of these things uh, together uh, in, in the time that you'll, you'll decide to stick around with us. I hope you, you do for a long period of time. Um, so thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate excellent.
1: it. No problem at all. It's been great. Thanks a lot, Alex.
0: Yeah, excellent so to my listeners thank you for listening I welcome all feedback comments and suggestions for future shows Uh, my Twitter and Instagram handles are at Alex Branson or head to the website where you'll find a contacts page also a shout out to the incredible Audio Assassins who provided the music branding for the show and if you like the show please leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your
1: podcasts